We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is December 13th, 2021. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, it is the six-man show after dark. Wow. How are we, how are we doing? How are we Look doing that. tonight? We're, we're good. Listen, I'm doing better than you. I had uh, a lot of hours of sleep today. I took a couple naps. The wife was out with her friends. Baby went down for a nap. I took everybody's wise counsel from the day that baby was born. When the baby sleeps, you sleep. I said, late game tonight. I took two naps during her two naps, morning, afternoon. I feel I feel great. Not really. I could probably go to sleep right now, but I feel great. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty tired. Um when we like the last couple of weeks we've kind of had this game circled on the schedule because we record, you know, usually like every Sunday night, just kind of the thing that works best for all of us. And we're like, oh man, we play we play in LA at nine thirty that Sunday, and then we'll have to record after the game. So, like right now, of course, they couldn't have given us the afternoon game today instead of the Clippers right. afternoon game on Saturday. But right, yes. Yeah. So, so we're recording. Like usually, we have to check the date when we start to record. Be like, all right, what's tomorrow's date so we can say that date? But like we're recording this twelve twenty at night. Like we just watched the Magic lose to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, which we'll get to talk about uh, in a little bit, but um, yeah, Luke, uh, a rough week. We'll we'll go ahead and we'll get to kind of the weekly state of the magic in just a moment here. But we've got a, a couple of you know housekeeping things to take care of. So just a you know, if you guys haven't heard, we started a Patreon. You can find us at Patreon.com/slash/the6manshow. If you want to help financially support the show, um, if you weren't aware, um, it's not free to run the show. It's not necessarily cheap. Uh, we love you know what we do, so uh, you know we you know kind of take the cost of that, and you know we don't necessarily mind. But you know every little bit helps. So if you guys are interested in helping support the show again, you can find us at Patreon.com/slash/the6manshow, and each episode. 
uh, we shout out our patrons and we put like a little thank you at the end of our YouTube video. So we're going to shout them out right now. Um, so shout out to Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, our best friend, Drew Gooden, uh, the, the YouTuber, if you guys aren't aware, just won a, a streamy for a best commentary because he is the GOAT. So shout out to Drew Gooden. Really appreciate you, brother. Uh, shout out to Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Norm L, Magic Player History, and Julio. Appreciate you guys very much. All right, folks, let's talk about the weekly state of the magic. Your Orlando Magic went 0-4 this week with a 126 to that is what we said. 126 to 95 loss in San Francisco to the Warriors. A 142 to 130 loss in Sacramento to the Kangs. A 106-104 loss in LA to the Clippers, freaking Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard. And then tonight, a 106 to 94 loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. They sit with a record of 5-23, which is the second-worst record in the Eastern Conference, the second-worst record in the NBA. Coming into Sunday night before uh, this game, I don't. I think these ratings are probably going to be uh, worse, if that's possible. Before the Lakers game, they were 28th in offensive rating. They were 30th in defensive rating, 30th in net rating. So, uh, yeah, we, we've been tracking this the last few weeks. Um, Sunday afternoon, tankathon.com had the Magic with the third toughest remaining strength of schedule in the NBA, trailing, funny enough, the Clippers and the Lakers, Luke. A little update on the injury report. Markel Fultz joined the team road trip in Los Angeles on Friday ahead of the Clippers game uh, to participate in practice as he works back from a torn ACL. Um, yeah, Luke, he just seemed really excited to, to be back with the team. Um, it led some people to believe, like, okay, this team doesn't tell us anything, so if they're telling us this, um, you know, in in recent weeks it was oh he's you know going to be working out with Lakeland, he's doing some two on two work with the you know the Magic, um, and now he's rejoined the team on the road, which guys don't typically do until they're pretty close to returning, and he's practicing like it seems like pretty close to like a full participant in practice with the team, so everyone's like oh my god he's gonna come back Sunday against the Lakers. <laughs> And he didn't. So we don't really know when he's going to come back. It might Is that what be they Wednesday. sound like to you? What's that? Is that what fans sound like to you? Uh, dude, I'm. I Is that what you sound like fall to you? Asleep within 30 seconds. Yeah, that's what I sound like to myself. I sound like a, a moron half mm-hmm. of the time. So, okay. Yeah, he's going to play against the Lakers. <laughs> wow. Mike Wazowski. I'm <laughs> always I'm... watching. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. That's uh, my Roz from uh, Monsters Inc. That's pretty you good. Guys... Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You never did your uh you never did your Orlando Magic uh wizard impression by the way. You said you're going to practice that. So I you can, can we, go back can and watch. That? No, you can go back and watch it and listen to it. I never ever said I was going to practice it and do it. I don't know. It's not, that's not that's not what I recall, but uh <laughs> no. we we uh-uh. can debate that. But what do you think about uh about Markel? And obviously we were foolish to think he was going to be back um today. But, uh, yeah, what I, do you think, think of that, and when do you think we might see him back? Well, my favorite story so far has been that there was a Magic fan that sat behind him at the L.A. Clipper game on Saturday. You mean and Jeff he, Weltman, not Markel. Well, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm talking okay. about. Yeah, just want to clarify. Sat sat behind uh, behind Weltman, and apparently he, t- he tweeted about this. Um and he said, you know, I, 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 you know, shout out to him for tolerating me. I bugged him for the whole game. 
sad to find out Markel will not be suiting up against the Lakers on Sunday. So that was I was really hoping hilarious. he was just lying to the guy. I was yeah. really hoping for that. Well, as much as they hate like timetables and releasing news and all that kind of stuff, you know, Weltman was just like crawling in his skin and regretting every <laughs> everything yeah. in that moment because he was like, "Why? Why am I sitting like with general population here?" Shout out to uh, his name's Ryan Millsap. It's at one one e Millsap O N I E L O'Neill Millsap. Oh, nice. O-N-I-E-L-M-I-L-L-S-A-P. If you guys want to, you know, shout him out on Twitter or whatever, that's that's his name. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and you guys can find the tweet. I'm sure it's still up. Um, so, yeah, that was the funniest part. Now, the next thing is, like, we've, you know, been thinking Markel's coming back, got to be coming back soon. And we get the news finally. I, I am hoping he's back in the next, like, week or so. It would be great because, like I've said before, it's going, you know, he's going to be on minute restrictions off the bat, I'm sure. Kind of like Chuma, who was on a 20 minute restriction and now kind of seems like Chuma's just in an, an eternal 20 minute restriction for the sake of just a rotation. So I don't know. Um, Markel, I, I'm sure he'll be on like a 20 minute thing um, for a little bit, but I'm hoping that by the time J.I. is back, he's back to full health. So I'm excited to see Markel back on the floor. This team needs another you know a, a true floor general is what they need right now cole is is doing the job in his role but a floor general is still needed yeah i mean I, I would definitely agree with that um i think just in general the team needs uh like a real facilitator on the floor at all times like cole right now in the starting lineup is totally fine like i'm i don't have any qualms about cole um, you know, like we can, we'll talk more about tonight, but like nobody was good tonight. So it's not really fair to, you know, point the finger at Cole and, you know, kind of that regard. But, um, like once, especially Markel and Jalen are back, like there shouldn't be any point where we don't have like a real facilitator and, and playmaker and offensive organizer on the floor at all times. I, I think we'll talk some big picture stuff about the magic, just because now we've lost 12 out of the last 13 games at this point. And I think everybody, you know, pro- listeners, I, at least I know you and I just kind of want to vent. It's been, you know, a frustrating couple of weeks. But, like, the R.J. Hampton, you know, point guard experiment, I think needs to be shelved um, for the foreseeable future. And getting Markel and Jalen back would go a long way um, in that regard. So, but yeah, I think when we see Markel back, hopefully at some time this week, um, Kevin and I, you know, we'll be at the, the magic game on Friday. You know, we're just going to watch the game, uh, to watch them take on the heat. It would be great, um, to be in attendance for, you know, Markel's first game back. So, uh, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Luke. So, um, you know, we're going to go ahead and, and break down this game uh, Monday at the Warriors. Now it, it, it's been, you know, o- at least a week. It's been a week since we played this game. It feels like it was forever ago. It feels like it's been 60, 65 days approximately. Yeah, exactly. But we do this every week. We break down all the games. So um, we'll go ahead, go through this quickly. And then again, we're going to talk some kind of like big picture stuff. Um, so Magic actually started this game leading 14 to 5. After the first five minutes, came out with good energy uh, before Golden State really got going, which was a good sign. You started the road trip um, in Houston, didn't come out with great energy. Cole Anthony referenced a few weeks ago about how the Magic need to learn uh, to respect, you know, every opponent that they come against. And, um, you know, you didn't see that in Houston, but it was good to see the guys come out with good energy, um, you know, against Golden State. Season-long trend, having issues with turnovers. Defense continues, 22 turnovers in this one for the Magic. Uh, a poor shooting night for the Magic from deep. They were 11 of 38, which was good for 28%. The Magic, Luke, I looked this up today. They are 8th in the league in 3-point attempts per game, but they are 28th in the league in 3-point percentage. So that just seems, I mean, we can talk more about Mosley in a little bit, but it just seems a product of, you know, especially in these third quarters, these guys get down a lot of times, double digits, start shooting threes to try to, you know, come back in these games. But, um, you know, again, like we've talked about this a few times, but it just seems like, especially when shots are not falling for this team, they just immediately go to chucking up threes, like early, 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 like 18, 17 seconds left on the shot clock, just shoot, like jacking up threes. Um, and the Magic are just not a good three-point shooting team. It was a career night, Luke, for Andrew Wiggins from deep, who made eight of ten threes on his way to 28 points, and then another 31 points from Steph Curry, which you just come to expect, and the Magic lose 126-95. to 95. Uh, After the first quarter, this game was never close, as you can tell by the final score. It was a blowout. Uh, Gary Harris, your leading scorer in this one, 17 points, uh, six of ten from the floor, Cole Anthony, nine points in this one, three of 11 from the floor. Just not a great night from Cole Anthony. Um, Luke, what did you think about this game uh, against Golden State? This was a game for me where I came to appreciate even more Cole Anthony and what he has been for the team this year. 
because this is a this was a game for Cole that you know it, it just shows us what it the, what the game looks like when Cole's off. Like if Cole has an off game, that's the burden he carries right now with a team that is the way the Magic is. If he has an off game, there's a great chance the Magic lose that game by 25 plus. It was the Magic's worst, you know, loss of the week. It was Cole's worst game of the week, and I don't think that there's any you know coincidence about that at all in that correlation. And so I, I do think that was the biggest thing. There really wasn't a ton of positives. Franz shot better than 50% from the field. Um, you know, you had Gary Harris was 17. We'll talk about him later. RJ was 16. So you had guys try to fill in, but, you know, you had Cole with nine points and one assist and four turnovers. So when when your best player on a really bad team has a really bad game, more times than not, your game is going to look like that end result. And uh, it was kind of foreshadowing of, of the week to come, uh, you know, in terms of just either it was going to be terrible or it was going to be, you know, a frustrating loss that you barely lose, like against the Clippers. Well, like, I, I think you don't really have to look, like, too much beyond Andrew Wiggins, 8 of 10 from 3. Like, it was, a you know, again, career high for him, 8 made 3s. Warriors shoot 20 of 40 from the 3-point line, so 50%. Anytime the Warriors shoot 50% from the three-point line, you are not winning that game. And then, you know, for the Magic, if Cole Anthony doesn't have it going right now, they're just not going to be able to muster up enough offense to stay competitive, really, with any team. Um, you know, we saw it tonight against the Lakers. Like, really, it was like Cole and, and Franz, and even those guys didn't look incredible tonight. So, um, it just right now, it's an, it's an issue with this team, um, like getting you know, another like third and fourth guy to step up um, offensively each night. We're just putting way too much on Cole Anthony and Franz Wagner. Like we're not winning games, but if those guys don't play lights out, it's, it's not even close. So Cole, Cole played lights out against the Kings and the magic still lost by 12. So I well, mean, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely going to talk about the Kings. Um, actually, let's go ahead and do that right now. So the Magic, Luke, um, the good news is they bounced back offensively after a rough shooting night Monday against the Golden State Warriors with arguably their best offensive game of the season. Luke, do you know what the bad news is? Oh, what's the bad news, Jonathan? They had their worst defensive performance of the season. Let's go, baby. <laughs> uh, the third quarter shortcomings rear uh, its ugly head once again for the second time in a week. Um, it's the starting unit that gives up a run in the third quarter in a close game and, and really the the whole game can be encapsulated with the magic just unable to get stops in this game Luke they lost this one 130 to 142 okay so I just want to just give you a, a couple little nuggets here mm -hmm. um, 130 do. points the most the magic score all year 142 points the most the magic give up all year okay do you know was it, was it 129 to the Hawks earlier the game before that they, they um, like the most they gave up before that. I don't. Let me see. Was it one twenty nine so. to the Hawks? So we have one twenty six to the Warriors, one twenty three to the Bulls, Milwaukee, one twenty nine to the Hawks was the season high before that. I thought so. so anyway, we, sorry. Continue. No. So through um, what is it now? Five and twenty three. So through twenty eight games. Do you know how many games the Magic have given up less than one hundred points? Uh, in twenty eight games. 28 games. Don't don't look. Yeah. Uh, less than 100. I'll say six. Once. 
One time, Luke, one time this season they've given up less than 100 points. November 3rd versus Boston where we lost 92-79. to Oh, wait, hold on. When we beat the T-Wolves. When we beat the Timberwolves. Uh, excuse me, 115-97. to So twice. And twice. it was the, the game before back that. Back-to-back. Back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's been a month and a half since the Magic have held a team to under 100 points. It's no um, surprise that the Magic are 30th in defensive rating. They are dead last in defensive rating in the league. They are the your, worst defensive team in the league. Your point remains the same, but the Knicks also were held to under 100. They had 98. Okay. Maybe but, my research here was a little uh, <laughs> little the, inaccurate. The However, point was correct. The point stands. 98 points might as well be 100. I was trying to get me to my answer of five, but uh, I got fine. the three. No, so. You got the three. Yeah. So three, still, three times. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about 97 points in another game. We're talking about 98 points. So, like, yeah. right there. Okay. But, yeah, 28 games, you've held your opponent under 100 three times. Um, I don't think it's any, you know, big surprise to anyone that this team is horrible um, defensively. But you give up 33 points to De'Aaron Fox, 18 points to Tyrese Halliburton, 16 points to Harrison Barnes, 16 points to Terrence Davis, 14 points to frickin' Tristan Kardashian Thompson. <laughs> like, and, and what's so what really makes me upset about this game is just all of the offensive gems that we wasted. 33 points from Cole Anthony. You get another 16 points from Gary Harris, 14 points from Mo Bamba, 19 points from Wendell, 19 points from Franz Wagner, 17 yeah. points from Terrence Ross. You get 11 points, of five, 5 of 6 shooting from Robin Lopez, and then RJ Hampton and Chuma Okiki, who we will talk about, 0 of 6 and 0 and 3. 0 yeah. of 3. Seven guys scoring double digits that game, and it didn't seem to matter. It just like it didn't matter at all. It really didn't, and I, it's just so frustrating. And <laughs> like you said, just like wasted performances. Um, only thirteen turnovers. The Kings had eight. I mean, you you tie them in rebounding. I I'm just like looking at the numbers. I it's so frustrating. Shoot forty seven percent from three <laughs> for a team that legitimately can live and die by the three-point line this is you needed to win this game i mean you should have shooting 47 percent, but you shoot the same amount of threes as, as the kings and they make one less than you and you lose the game by 12 you couldn't stop anything i mean they it, they could have put the kings could have had me and you out there as the fifth man just ran a five out and you and i might have been able to knock something down I just, you know, all the threes that every team seems to shoot great from three against us. I don't know the numbers here. I'm just going off the cuff. But I feel like most of the time these teams are shooting very good from behind the three-point line. And it's definitely a philosophy thing as far as, like, defensively. I don't know what it is. But it is another thing that needs to be fixed because if you're going to jack up that many threes, you better at least be good at guarding the three. And we're just not. Yeah, um, I'm actually looking this up right now in terms of um, opponent field goal percentage. So we are tied for second in the league. Uh, Teams right now are shooting 35.4% from the three-point line against the Orlando Magic. That only trails the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, it doesn't trail the Philadelphia 76ers. We're tied with the 76ers and the Trailblazers. It really only trails the New York Knicks, who give up 35.6% 
from the three point line. So yeah, um the Magic give up, you know, uh you know, higher three point percentage than basically almost every team in the league. So uh there definitely is something to that. It's definitely yeah. uh it seems to be philosophy. It seems like our um habits of kind of over helping um, you know, in the post and in the paint and then just allowing guys to get open three pointers. Like we'll talk about the Clippers game in a moment, but um like to me that was like that was the reason that we lost like the third quarter against the Clippers Terrence Mann, three of three from three all wide open corner threes when it's like that's what he does and it's like scouting report this should be a flag like you're scouting guys tendencies like should be a flag but but no um yeah I really don't have much to say about this uh Kings game it was just the magic literally could not guard anyone to save their life this team you know as much as people were kind of not talking crap, but like it was no surprise that Jalen Suggs offensively was not performing up to what he we thought he was going to be. Um, you know what we saw from summer league, what we expected when we drafted him, but like defensively, it cannot be like overstated how much this team is missing Jalen Suggs because like right now you're putting like Franz Wagner and Gary Harris on the other team's best guards at times. Gary Harris, we were told that he was like this really, really solid defender. We haven't seen that. I would say a big part of the reason that we lost, especially in the fourth quarter, was against the Clippers at least. We're jumping ahead here, but um, was the fact that Gary just could not keep Reggie Jackson in front of him like at all, which was just pretty crazy to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just like really frustrating for a team that you know has struggled for you know large parts of this year offensively like I said I think we're 28th in the league in offensive rating when you get an offensive output like this those are te- like those are games that you absolutely 100% need to take advantage of you need to win those games and yeah like this team is like beating itself right now um in the games where they're like just not good enough they're losing in the the games that they are good enough they're still finding ways to lose games that's like the the trademark of a bad team. Like good teams find a way to win, bad teams find a way to lose, and the Magic just do that right now, night in and night out. And again, I want to save some of this stuff for like the big picture, but you know, health. You like, I, it sounds like we keep making the excuse about this team not being healthy, but like, I don't think you can ignore that. It's a massive problem on this team, and we're not going to see like massive improvements until the team gets healthy if that ever happens. All right, Luke, let's go ahead and take a quick break here from our friends at Manscaped, and then we'll talk Clippers, Lakers, and again, some magic big picture stuff. Guys, it's holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or stocking stuffer? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide my math is correct that's almost 8 million balls get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code 6th that's s-i-x-t-h at manscaped.com ho 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 fellas naughty or nice tis the season to perform here are our picks for manscaped surefire win stocking stuffers number one the manscaped two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner just launched kill two birds with one stone number two the Manscaped Cologne Infused Body Wash. Number three, 
Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit. Number four, Crop Mops Ball Wipes for your stanky balls. Number five, Manscaped Signature Cologne. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know their products are legit. Make sure you hurry to their site to ensure these wild gifts show up before the holiday season. Whether this is for your partner, dad, brother, friend, get them something that they will actually use, and it's almost sure to get a laugh. So get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code 6. That's S-I-X-T-H at manscaped.com. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. All right, Luke, let's talk game three at the Clippers. So we found out, I believe it was earlier that day or the night before that Paul George was going to be out. He's you know dealing, with, I think it was like an elbow. I think something's going on with him. Um, but the Magic hit six threes in the first quarter, only commit one turnover in the first. They were up seven after one. And then Orlando goes ice cold in the second quarter, started forcing bad shots, uh, missing the good looks that they did get, shot 21% in the quarter found themselves down five at the half. So a 12 point swing there. And then in the third quarter, Luke, the magic actually did not collapse in the third. They shot 60% from the floor, but they were not able to capitalize. They still trailed three entering the first fourth quarter uh, the first first first. I can't nice. freaking speak here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I contribute that a lot to um, like, you know, like the Clippers three point shooting. They shot seven of 10 from three in the third uh, Terrence Mann was three of three, all wide open corner threes. For some reason, we just like could not remember to guard Terrence Mann, and the the corner just kept leaving him. So fast forward to the fourth quarter, you're down three with 23 seconds left. Cole Anthony hits the huge three over uh, Zubats, and then Reggie Jackson hits a incredibly tough pull up jumper over Wendell to put the Clippers up two with 2.2 seconds left. And then it looked like the Magic you know, thought about trying to get the ball to Cole, but they inbounded to Terrence, who um, gets a, an attempt up as at the buzzer. Um, he misses. The Magic lose 104 to 106. So really where I want to start here uh, with the Clippers is like Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson. Luke Kennard, 23 points. Reggie Jackson, 25 points. Luke Kennard was 7 of 11 from 3 in this game, Luke. And out of the Magic, you get 23 points out of Cole. You get 22 points out of Terrence Ross. 13 of 13 from the line in this game. And then 20 points from Franz Wagner. 20 points, 8 of 10 shooting. Um, this was just felt like another game where, um, you know, if the Magic are going to win games, you know, these are the type of games that you want to be in. You want these guys gaining this type of experience, but just not able to capitalize, not able to get enough stops, you know, towards the end. And, uh, and yeah, Luke, just a, a frustrating one to lose. This was, it was like kind of a weird start because they were playing 12.30 local time. Mm-hmm. It was 3.30 Eastern. The, the Clippers had a game, and then, like, the uh, Los Angeles Kings, the NHL team, they had a game there that night. So they had to, you know, basically break down the court and, you know, get the ice set up and everything. So I think that was maybe a factor in, in just kind of um, – like the weirdness of like I guess of like the the first half, but um, yeah, Luke. Just this is a game where you know good teams win, and right now the Magic are um, really finding ways to lose games. Yeah, and I mean you, it was just ridiculous. Like just 
how similar the action was. Like Cole hits that three, gets the switch on the big man. We've seen it. It's the storyline for when Cole thrives the most. He gets Zubak on him. He hits that that you know that three, and then r- immediately Reggie Jackson comes down, does exactly what Cole does, gets the switch onto a big man and Dell, and hits the three over him. It just it was a mirror, and it was frustrating to see i mean it was just kind of epitomized the game like the magic would do something incredible or make a big play and the clippers seemed to answer with freaking one of luke Kennard or reggie jackson and i mean you look at it five players and double figures in terms of their points you had a off game you know there from dell from points made up for it a little bit with 14 rebounds and seven assists but the players that scored on double digits, Cole, Gary, T. Ross, Franz, and Mo. Everyone else, Jonathan, Dell had two. These are the other people that scored in the game. Dell had two points. Uh, RJ had three. Chuma had two. Mo Wagner had seven. So it just there wasn't any, you know, help outside the guys that scored in double figures. And if you you gotta think if you had a little bit more production from those guys, if Dell could have just shot the ball better that game. You know what happens in that game? Do the Magic, you know, get away with that that win? These are the games that the Magic really need to insert themselves into and go all out to try to win these games. PG out, obviously, as we know, Kawhi is still out. This is a game that is winnable despite the spread. The Clippers will were still favored by a considerable amount, but this is a game that the Magic really have to go in there and win. Especially considering you're on a road trip, you just had an incredible offensive output against the Kings, but couldn't capitalize. You have to win these games late in the, late in the game. The magic have struggled to keep games close throughout this entire season. They've struggled to keep teams under a hundred. They keep Clippers to one Oh six, which is pretty good for their standards, especially this is just a game that really, I mean, that sucked to, to see this team lose. I mean, it was a, it was a a fun game, uh, but it was a game that, that, you know, needed to happen needed to you needed to win that game all in all i think you know um what sucked about this is again you're like so close especially at the end and you look at guys who just had rough shooting nights you look at wendell 33 minutes for us to get him five shot attempts is just like what are we doing i mean he contributed in other ways 14 rebounds seven assists um, you know, which was a career high. He had his career high in assists against Sacramento with six, and then the very next game, seven assists. That's a, another career high. So it's good to see him kind of evolving as a playmaker. But to get Wendell, you know, six shot at, or five shot attempts is, is just not good enough. And then like Chuma Okiki and RJ Hampton, we talked about this, um, you know, a, a couple of games ago against the Warriors, but both of those guys, 105 from the floor. like Even Terrence had 22, sh- but still shot 36% from the field. Um, and it was all because he oh, yeah. was 13 if, if for 13 w- from the free throw line. Yeah, if he, I mean, some of those were like kind of, I guess you could say like ticky-tack foul. So if he's not bailed out in a few of those scenarios, like, I mean, he did not shoot the ball well in this game. Like the, the free throws, especially like in the second half, were a big part of like kind of keeping the magic like in this game. But, yeah, like, uh, again, we look at Cole, 7 of 16, 23 points, 5 of 8 from 3. You look at Franz, 8 of 10, and then, like, you're looking around. It's like, who else is, like, really going to step up? Like, Gary Harris, like, 14 points isn't going to do it. Terrence Ross, yeah, 13 free throws, but 36% from the floor. Like, you're not doing anyone any favors there. And then, 
I, I'm not trying to make this whole game like against Gary about Gary Harris because he was very good, but like a veteran presence, a guy that we were told was, you know, um, a very good perimeter defender, a guy that's making $21 million, like you just hold him to a higher standard. And I'm watching this, the replay of this game, you know, 105 to go. The Magic are down two. Reggie Jackson is bringing the ball, you know, the, the right side of the floor. And Gary is just playing like Ole defense, just lets him go right by him. And then, you know, Franz needs to come over. Um, Cole needs to help a little bit off of Terrence uh, Mann in the corner. I'm surprised he didn't get another open three. But really what happens is Zubats then drives when Dell is stepping up to try to stop Reggie Jackson from getting a wide-open layup. And then Terrence has to help all the way off of Luke Kennard in the corner. And Luke Kennard ends up getting a wide-open three to put them up five with one minute to go. And then, like, the end of the game, uh, you know, they get switched in that, you know, Wendell action with Reggie Jackson. But, like, that play never should have happened. Like, Gary just lets Reggie Jackson just go completely by him. And, uh, yeah, like, winning teams, if you, that's a, a, a stop that you need on the road, last minute of the game. Like, if if we get a stop and Cole still hits that three, that and then that puts us up one. Um, you know, and then maybe it's a different game. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to play, place all the blame on Gary Harris. It's obviously not his fault. Um, he had a decent game. There were other guys that were a much larger problem in this, but it's just like, man, like it's, it's been so hard for us to consistently, consistently rely on the veterans this year when those are the guys who are supposed to be setting the example, making plays, showing guys how to win. And like when we need you in, in winning time, you know, you just you need to step up and make plays. It's it's really as simple as that. But another uh, another wasted opportunity. <laughs> then you quick turnaround. You play the Lakers the the very next night. You play the Lakers tonight. And uh, yeah, Luke, I think we can go ahead and and, uh, and and get into it. So, I mean, the Magic just really don't start this game well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just from the jump. Um, like the, the magic were really struggling. I think they missed, like they started the game, like one of five, three turnovers, um, were down early. Then you come back, um, to, to close the first quarter in, in the second quarter and you go on a nice run and you're up three at the half, like the first half of basketball, the magic didn't look great. Um, you know, 10 turnovers in the, the first half Lakers with seven, but the magic are still leading by three. Um, you know, at the half, and it was like the Magic don't look great, the Lakers don't look great, and if the Magic don't really start to play well, you just knew that LeBron was going to get it going. They were going to figure some things out. Um, they were just the Lakers looked terrible in the in the first half, really, and then the third quarter just like all time one of the worst quarters I've ever seen a team play. Luke outscored thirty six to ten. I think the the I think the Lakers at one point were on like a. 23 to nothing run shoot two of 23 from the floor 8.7 percent in the quarter Luke and that like you know the Magic had a nice fourth quarter they went on a little bit of a a run you know got the the lead to I think 10 in the fourth but um yeah this this looked like a team tonight that was on you know their fifth game in 11 nights fifth game of a road trip haven't been home in a while haven't slept in their own bed and just exhausted ready to to go home give them credit for fighting in the fourth quarter but um this was just all time bad like the third quarter was just 
10 points. You can't have a third quarter like that and, and expect to win. Yeah, I mean, you, you score 10 points. Somehow, some way, you still only lose by 12, and you almost get 100 points yourself, despite scoring 10 points in that third quarter. Just kind of leaves, you know, like it has many times this season. There's always one quarter that kind of screws the Magic over. This is, I mean, they, the Magic screw themselves over with 10 points in that quarter. Who knows what happens if the Magic have a just a, a average, average, very average quarter. Magic can probably win this game. I mean, like I said, it's only six points shy of 100 despite scoring that, that the 10 points there. Um, Mo goes out with an injury, so that's not great, uh, which is why some of you, if you didn't watch the game, you might look at the box score and say, why did Mo Bamba only play 12 minutes and 24 seconds? Um, that's why he got injured. Um, and I, I don't know if they've released anything else in terms of like timetable. Obviously, they haven't talked timetable. Who am I kidding? Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he's out for uh, maybe a little bit here. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of the injury bug continues to hit and the Magic lose by 12. There's really not much else to say. LeBron had a triple-double. I mean, he had a triple-double. And, you know, THT had a good game. Westbrook actually shot 50% from the field. I, It is what it is, man. I, it sucks. But that, that third quarter really is the storyline of the whole game. Yeah. I mean, this this is, I guess, like a good like leeway into, you know, kind of like the big picture stuff with this team. But, I mean, like tonight, like was the first. And, and you look at the stat line, it doesn't look like Franz like he didn't look that bad 20 points eight of 18 from the floor not his most you know efficient night added seven rebounds two assists four turnovers but this, like him matched up against LeBron I don't know if he's like a big LeBron fan or it's like oh my god I'm playing against LeBron uh but this is like the first game he really looked like a rookie and it took him you know his 28th game to start to look like a rookie but um no one like was particularly amazing tonight like um Cole Anthony led all magic scores 21 points but six of 18 from the floor four of 11 from three um just you could tell these guys were tired that third quarter run obviously you know shoot eight percent nobody could make a shot and then like you're just trailing the rest of the game but it's just it's the third quarter it's the third quarter over and over and over again um, you know, we've been talking about this for, you know, basically two months now. Um, yeah, Magic just can't figure out the third quarters right now. I think part of it is, you know, we've seen these teams go on big runs and Mosley not really know when to call timeout to stop the momentum. We've seen some like rotation stuff, but like we haven't seen Ignis Brasdakis. We haven't seen Michael Mulder the last few games. We're seeing less Moritz Wagner. Mo Bamba goes out with the injury, so you don't really have him. Um, and then, you know, Robin Lopez, you know, has really looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. Like, he looked pretty rough to start the season, but I don't know the last time I saw Robin Lopez miss a hook shot. Like, it feels like it's been a month since the guy has missed a hook shot. So, like, in terms of what we have now, I think this is like the best iteration that we're going to get of the rotation until, again, Jalen comes back, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, like even Michael Carter Williams. Like when all those guys come back, that's when we're going to be like, okay, this is what we have to work with. Let's figure out what we have. But I mean, tonight, I, I don't know how much we want to talk about this, but like they asked about 
you know, what happened in the third quarter and Jamal Mosley says LeBron James happened, like, which, which is true. Like he comes out in the first like minute and 40 seconds and, and scores, I think it was nine yeah. points, you know, finishes the, the third quarter with 14 points, five of seven from the floor. Um, but it didn't just feel like it was LeBron James. Like LeBron James doesn't cause you to go two of 23 from the floor. Um, you know, six turnovers in the quarter, whatever you want to blame it on Luke last game of the road trip, second night of a back to back, you know, guys, you know, having their kind of rookie moments, whatever it is like that just feels like kind of a, a, of a cop out to me. Um, 28 games in, you know, Jamal Mosley is still, you know, very much learning, um, you know, gaining experience, but I, I don't know, like, what would you say right now are the positives that you feel about Jamal Mosley? I think the the positives are exactly what were advertised to us, right? I mean, team chemistry seems to be through the roof still. Um, player development seems to be going really well outside of maybe a couple of players who you could argue will get better as, like, the the team becomes more full and they'll be able to thrive in their actual roles guys like rj hampton chuma okiki maybe i'm interested to see what happens what mosley does with okiki when it comes time for ji to come back and stuff in terms of his minutes because chuma is lucky to break 20 minutes in a game now um and his restriction is, has got to be over he's had some games where he's had 24 25 26 minutes um so i'm interested to see kind of what mosley does to navigate that I think that the biggest pro, man, is 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 what we were told. He's great with players and developing them. We have seen it already with Cole and Franz. Uh, they've been, you know, nothing short of incredible for kind of where we thought they would be this year. So that that's my that's my pros for. for Are Mosley. you crediting Mosley with that though? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea. I have no idea because it's hard to tell because you know if if another coach is in. Do do they play? Do do they give Franz a starting role? Uh, do they? You know, I mean, do do you think is is Cliff starting Franz at game one? The the amount of injuries that we had, like you know, you start the year without Chuma, we we, we didn't really have a true small forward on the roster. Like I I feel like Franz got like he got the starting nod. Obviously, he's very good but almost out of like necessity, like who else were you going to start at the three to start the year? So I, I do think if Clifford was here, I think there's a good chance that Franz would start the season starting at the three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just don't know if, if, if Cole and Franz get the go that they've been given um, with another coach. I, I understand like Franz, yeah, probably starts game, you know, exactly where he does with Mosley with any other coach just because of injury situation. But in terms of like giving the keys to Cole, like full wholeheartedly, Cole, no questions asked, you get the keys to this team. Now, where Mosley and, and kind of his player development and things and that's trusting Cole and Franz, that will all kind of shape up. We're kind of playing this waiting game, waiting for Markel and J.I. to get back. I'm interested to see what happens. I hope Cole doesn't take that much of a backseat at all. I think offensively, Cole is the best player on this team. I don't think it's close. Um, I think that he's the best player with a fully healthy roster. I'm saying he's better offensively than J.I. and Markel right now. I mean, he he's incredible. Now, if we get the J.I. that we got in the bubble before he got hurt in terms of offensively, 
maybe we could talk. But right now, Cole deserves to continue to get the keys. If Mosley does that, he'll get, you know, he'll, I'll say, okay, he's, he's still competent in my eyes. Um, so as far as the pros, I think that just like letting these guys run, you and I have talked about it. Why, why is he leave doing some of these rotations? Is it just to further development of players and he's playing everybody, you know, playing the good players when the games will blow out in the fourth quarter, um, until down to like the last minute or two. I, I don't know, man. I, I think that there is a lot to be said about the relationships. And I think things that we don't see with Mosley that keeps these guys engaged, despite being one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, I would say, especially, you know, in the midst of, you know, you just had a, a seven game losing streak and now you're on, you know, a five game losing streak and that's split, you know, kind of by the, the win uh, against Denver at home. I, I will say that I've been impressed that the team chemistry didn't really seem to waver um, like during that you know stretch. And, you know, we, we talked about this for months and months and months about how tough November and December were going to be. And, you know, we still got you know, like almost was it like two and a half weeks left, um, you know, in the in the year here. And then the schedule starts, starts to lighten up a little bit. We talked about, you know, November and December really just being the, the gauntlet. So I'm right there with you, I think. Um, like the player relationship stuff is as advertised the player development stuff. I think, you know, kind of remains to be seen. Like we've largely seen regression out of RJ Hampton and Chuma Okiki. You could definitely argue a lot of that has been due to like the fit and like their current role, like RJ Hampton. I, I don't know that there's a better um, example of like a guy who is a combo guard. Yeah. Like not totally like a, a shooting guard, he's definitely not a point guard right now. Um, I think, you know, when Jalen comes back, Barkel comes back, RJ is going to be one of the guys that really benefits from playing more off the ball. Um, I will agree with you that Cole is right now our best, um, best scorer. Um, definitely. Like if you need a bucket, like give the ball to, to Cole and cause he can just do so much. He, now he's, able to get to the rim and finish you know he's uh you know finishing you know the floater at a decent clip obviously he can shoot from mid-range to you know the three-point line he, he's a true three-level scorer right now um I still think the offense is going to function best with Markel at the helm because he's a guy that can really get everyone organized same with Cole he can get to his spots whenever he wants and he's you know the better you know passer and you know playmaker and facilitator so I'm really excited to see those guys, you know, playing next to each other. But, you know, my concern with with um, with Jamal right now has been like he preached from day one about how this is going to be a team that gets up into the ball and is going to guard. And they've been the worst team in the league so far defensively. Yeah, a lot of that is is personnel. I'm I'm not arguing that, but like if your focus really is on defense, like. Steve Clifford took a, a team that was, you know, bottom third of the league defensively and turned us into a, a top 10 defense like overnight. Like Jonathan Isaac is a huge part of that. I, I, I'm, I definitely understand that. I'm, I think he's probably the biggest reason that that happened, but um, I, I still think there's something, something is going on, um, you know, with like guys just like getting blown by at times and overhelping in the paint, giving up three point, shooting like that it's a it's a premium in this league but it's a focus of every team now every team is looking for shooters mm -hmm. and uh, I think there needs to be an adjustment there it drove me crazy with Cliff for years and years 
overhelping and, and double teaming in the post and giving other teams wide open threes. And we're seeing that now, you know, out of Jamal Mosley. And then offensively, it's just he talked about letting guys freelance offensively. There's a lot of I freelancing. I dude, I didn't know that's... that he meant that's all we were going to do. You know, he talks about playing with pace, space in the pass. Like there is just no structure to the offense right now whatsoever. It's like a pick and roll, a dribble handoff, and like that's about it. Like we're we're not really seeing um, any level of sophistication with play calling. Um, if it's not Franz Wagner, we're really not seeing guys cut off the ball that much. And um, yeah, it, it's just it, that's really concerning. Um, I don't know that that's something that we're going to see change when Markel Fultz comes back. Uh, if he's just kind of scrapping things together with the personnel that we currently have, it it's not like like today, you know, watching the NFL, the line, the Detroit Lions were missing a lot of guys uh, due to like the they had like a outbreak of the flu and then COVID, so they had like eight or nine guys that they brought up off of the practice squad, and a lot of those guys just like you don't know what the hell is going on, like no, Jamal is with every single one of these guys, you know, every day now for the past, you know, two and a half months, it's like at this point, there should be some more offensive sets that are implemented. And it's like you said, it's a lot of freelancing right now. It's just kind of like, all right, guys, let's just, uh, let's go out and, and, uh, and see what works here. Cole, try to get a big man on you. And, uh, if that doesn't work, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it, it's it's concerning. Um, I, I the, you know, the, the really tough part of it is though, Jonathan, is that like I don't know that like I understand like there's not a lot in place here. I just don't know what this team even looks like fully healthy, um, just because of how many injuries. I mean, once Suggs is back, Mo comes back from the injury that he had tonight. Markel, Jonathan, I I think then it's going to be even more fair to pass judgment in terms of Mosley and everything like that, we'll be able to get a better picture, you know, hopefully after like the whole season, uh, which I still foresee the magic will be a bottom two, three team in the league by that point. So spoiler alert, but I, 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 I hope that we will be able to see improvement offensively and defensively. There's no reason you shouldn't. I mean, you're getting guys that can both give you both, you know, more offensively and defensively than the guys that are currently in the rotation, you know, in the eight, nine spot. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, and in terms of like, you know, playing with pace space in the pass, uh, there's not much going into the passing part of this whole thing. The Magic are 26th in the league in assists per game. Um, I I don't know, man. I, I am all aboard the player development of Mosley, but you probably can't convince me that he's here longer than two or three seasons um, in terms of like, if only to get these guys off the ground. Um, you know, and, and take these guys to different levels. But like you said, there's still been, you know, regression and guys like RJ and Chuma. But once again, the cop out here and it's a cop out because it's valid is once this team's fully healthy at the end of the year, this will be a far more in depth and reasonable and fair assessment. I think, I, I think that Mosley has been dealt a wildly tough hand. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, and, and yeah, I think, there's going to be, um, you know, much more room for like in-depth analysis and and really trying to break down the strengths and weaknesses of the team and of Mosley once they're healthy. But that doesn't make for a very interesting podcast right now. <laughs> you know, the team is still playing and we still have to talk about this. But yeah, you're totally right. 
Um, and I talk to people about this in, in my personal life because everyone knows, you know, about the podcast and, you know, about, you know, I, I watch every game and whatnot. And, oh, hey, how are the Magic doing? And every single time it's, well, they're terrible. You know, they're losing games right now, but the team's not healthy. So it's kind of, you know, it, it's impossible to evaluate really where this team is. And, um, yeah, I don't know that I'm, you know, you know, we're not writing Mosley off. We're not saying he should be fired or anything like that. But um, is he the, the, the guy that is going to bring this team to the next level eventually? I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I think it's safe to say that he's not, you know, the, the same type of um, the same level of X and O coach that like a Brad Stevens or, right. um, you know, a, a Nick Nurse or like a Quinn Snyder. I feel like, you know, when you have those guys pretty early on that, you know, they, they can be, you know, that level of coach. Um, but, yeah, if this team isn't ready to take the next step two to three seasons from now, then a lot of things went very terribly, horribly wrong. Um, yeah, like we talked about, Chuma has seemed to, you know, regress. RJ Hampton is, you know, regressed in some areas. The three-point shooting is coming along. Um, but, yeah, I just – I feel like he is totally – um, in the wrong role right now. I don't, I don't think he should be, you know, the point guard. I think he should be more of a guy who's, you know, cutting and, and slashing and, you know, hitting open threes, which he's done a, a good job this so year. Aaron you know, Gordon hanging around 40%. Odd Aaron Gordon. No, <laughs> I, I would say a, uh, I, I think he has more potential offensively than Aaron Gordon and RJ can be a, he is a plus defender. I don't think he's going to, you know, quite be to the level that Aaron Gordon is, um, Aaron Gordon, I, I would say is like, if I had to put Aaron Gordon in like a percentile, I would say probably like somewhere like 80, 80%, per, 80%, like 80%, 80th percentile is where I would rank Aaron Gordon in terms of like defenders around the league. I don't know that he's an, an elite defender, but, um, he can be, he can be very good yeah. when he's engaged. And I, and I, yeah. I, I, that's why I say 80th percentile. Cause yeah. his time in Orlando wasn't always engaged to, you know, be that defensive stopper. Every right. Night. Well, I, I think that really what I alluded was alluding to is the, the fact of RJ needing to, you know, where he would probably thrive is just cutting, being off ball and knocking down the wide open shot. And I, I think that's what Orlando magic fans would have loved for AG to only have to be. But instead, yeah. you get the AG that, you know, had the average 17, 18 points a game in a season um, for the Magic to try to stay afloat. So hopefully RJ can get to like an optimal role where he strictly is just cutting off ball and hitting open shots and just playing respectable defense. But yeah, I think it is very tough to judge right now, but there are some valid concerns to draw from it. Um, I mean, this is a this is a really bad team. This is a really young team. I think that, you know, the pieces are all there. It's just going to take being able to play together fully healthy and functioning to really know what, what we've got in a coach and what we've got in a team. So I want to um, actually, you know, not apologize, but give credit where it's due. Um, Gary Harris has been playing well, mm -hmm. you know, the last you know five games or so. So averaging 8.2 points per game, 2.3 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 43% from the floor, 30% from the three-point line. The last five games, Gary is averaging 12.8 points per game, 57% from the floor, 50% from the three-point line, 3.8 rebounds, 1.2 assists. So uh, Gary is starting to get um, a little bit you know, closer to where we thought he would be offensively. You know, He's not going to be shooting 50% from three uh, for that long, I would guess. But... Um, 
I still don't think Gary is going to get to the point where we're really going to be able to get much, if anything at all, for, you know, the, you know, $21 million. Um, you know, I believe, you know, he expires at the end of the season, but, um, you know, the Magic would at least like to get something if they can for Gary Harris. But um, if he keeps up the way that he's been playing lately, you might be able to get like a late second round pick for him. But I, I'm still not sold that the Magic well, are going to be able to get anything yeah. significant for Gary Harris. And we're coming up December 15th is the date that the Magic can start trading guys that were traded for, signed, all that fun stuff here coming up in just a few days. So we'll kind of see what if the Magic well, I are... believe I don't think that applies to Gary Harris because he was traded for last deadline. So I believe he can be traded at, at any time, if I'm not mistaken. I think... That applies to guys who are like newly signed this year in the like off, this yeah. most recent off season. Yeah, so we'll be able to kind of get a uh, a gauge. I think still, you know, guys will more guys are available for trade, so we'll be able to see kind of what this front office is thinking in terms of of trades. Wouldn't be surprised if if the Magic kind of just sit there and and don't do too much. But I I think that by deadline we could see you know one of of T Ross or Gary traded. I T. Ross has had a, a game or two as of late that have been good, but good Lord. Um, so I I wouldn't mind moving on from one of them. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe before Gary goes down again in his play that, that he gets dealt. Who knows? Yeah, Terrence is, is down to 29% from three on the season, and, and that's really what you ask Terrence Ross to do is to, to knock down. That's threes. the only thing I ask. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it's been a, a frustrating uh, season, I'm sure, for those guys. Um, you know, for you know, Magic fans, you know, th- those guys that have been disappointments. I, I don't. The Magic aren't going to do anything um, before we get pretty close to the trade deadline, I think. Um, and yeah, I, I, Terrence, I still think a team is going to talk to themselves into, oh, you know, he's in a bad situation. He's being asked to do too much. Just you know, given his track record, like. Gary, on the other hand, you know, since you know signing the the big contract with Denver, you know, the last you know four seasons or so, it, it's really just been like a steady decline, and he's not the defender that you know he you know once was or was touted to be. Um, so, and just you know making twenty one million dollars, what a team would have to give up in terms of personnel to make that deal happen, I don't think the Magic are taking that back, and I don't know that a team would be you know willing to to give that up. So. Um, we'll see what happens with those guys, but yeah, I mean, 28 games into the season, another few weeks, you know, we'll be, um, at the halfway point in the season. Um, yeah, it's, we've been saying this since August, but you're just not going to know what you have with this team really until you get Jonathan Isaac back and until you get Markel Fultz back and now Jalen Suggs and, you know, right now we just have to, you know, hope that we're the guys that we have are are going to stay healthy because, you know, God forbid someone else goes down and, you know, it's great that you're going to get Markel back soon and, you know, Jonathan Isaac, you know, back in hopefully another few weeks and Jalen Suggs in another few weeks, but you know, this team definitely wants to be able to have their what they think are their possible pieces moving forward. They all need to be on the floor at some point. And then, you know, even when they come back, like Markel is going to be on a minutes restriction. We might not see him start for a while. Same thing with Jonathan Isaac. We probably won't see those guys play on like back-to-backs. And 
Um, we talked about it with with Kobe Price, you know, who's uh, you know now covering the Magic for the Orlando Sentinel, who we had on shoot the shot this week. But like so many of these guys, you know, it, it sounds crazy because like Wendell and you know RJ, those guys have been on the team for like nine months now, but like those guys have never played with Markel or Ji. Right. Like Cole has never played with Ji. Cole's been on the team, you know. Um, was was drafted you know a little over a year ago now mm-hmm. never played with ji so it's like there's gonna be like a feeling out period it's gonna take time for those guys to mesh and then you know you want to get like 20 games of all those guys together and then be like okay this is what we have this is what we don't have this is who we can maybe rely on long term this is who we can't and i hate to keep coming back to this but until you know, everyone's healthy. It, we're just a freaking broken record. Like yeah. we've been saying this now because guys have just been out for, you know, literally two years now. Right. And it, it's so hard to evaluate a team if, if um if you can't really see the guys on the floor and know what you have. Yep. So. Yeah, I think that's uh really you know all that there is to say right now. Like big picture, like we're struggling in every single facet, offense, defense you know, coaching, you know, strategy, perhaps rotations and um, guys, Markel, it sounds like is going to be back very soon. I don't think the team would be releasing this much news um, like in a short amount of time. Like it seems like he's progressing right now and getting ready to come back. And, uh, you know, hopefully J.I. won't be, you know, too far behind. And then, uh, you know, we should be getting an update on Jalen pretty soon. Um, we're supposed to, you know, they're going to test him every two weeks. So today he's been out two weeks. So um, I'm sure he's still, you know, at least two to four weeks away from, you know, returning, you know, fractures usually take about six weeks to heal. So um, yeah, I wouldn't expect to see, you know, Jalen back at least for, you know, another, another two to four weeks, but they said they're, we're going to retest him like every two weeks to see how he's doing with, you know, pain and everything like that. So, um, I don't know if we'll get an update who knows you, you never really know what the magic. So, uh, but in terms of this coming week, so, uh, we've got a couple days off now, uh, you know, coming back from the road trip. So, um, the magic will actually, um, it looks like, um, you know, Monday, I don't know if they mean like Monday morning or like right now, Monday, it's one thirty that we're recording. Um, if they're going to come back, you know, uh, when they're going to come back, but then they have Tuesday off or uh, Monday off, excuse me. They'll practice on Tuesday. Then they play at home versus Atlanta on Wednesday, seven o'clock Miami. Uh, they'll play at home Friday at seven o'clock and then Saturday they'll fly to Brooklyn, um, to take on the Nets Luke. So, um, how do we feel about this week? And honestly, I'm a little, I'm a little afraid to ask you what you think, uh, how, how we'll do this week. Uh, I, so I'm going to say that at Barclay center is a, a big L KD just dropped 51 today. Uh, yesterday, if you guys listen to this, you know, Monday, obviously, um, you know, you're playing a Hawks team. That's 500 heat team, five games over 500. And then you got the nets. I am going to say one and two. I don't know if it's going to be against the heat on Friday or the Hawks on Wednesday, but, uh, I'm going to say they get one of those and then, you know, they they get sent packing all the way to Toronto after their game against uh, Brooklyn and by the Barclays Center. 
Yeah, um, I want to say they pick up a win against Atlanta or Miami just for the sake of um, this not turning into like a you know potentially double-digit losing streak. Right now they're at five. Um, if they don't get a win this week, that would be eight, which would be you know their largest uh, losing streak of the season, which I'm hoping that they'll avoid. Um, but again, I, I just don't see anything from the team right now that makes me um, you know, overly optimistic. Maybe we need uh, we to do what the Rockets did and lose 15 straight so we can go ahead and rip off, what, eight straight like they did? I think that's what needs to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'd that kill that for eight is, wins uh, in a row. I would literally maybe think about <laughs> killing someone, someone that I don't know. Like, you ever seen the movie? Uh, I think it was called The Box. Like, a guy shows up to your house and is like, you press this button on this box, someone that you don't know will die and you get like a million dollars or something yeah. like that. I wouldn't press it, but I would I would be lying to you if like <laughs> the devil wasn't popping up on my shoulder and be like, press it. Press it. <laughs> um yeah, that's that's how the season is gone. Um just trying to stay positive. Like I think right now the overwhelming positives so far to start the season have been Cole Anthony and Franz Wagner. And then Wendell has, you know, mostly been a positive. Um, has you know still struggled with a little bit of inconsistency offensively. Um, but the good thing about today's NBA, and first of all, you know, you sign him four year, you know, fifty million dollars, so it's not a bad contract for you know what he currently is. Like if this is as good as it gets, that's still worth you know right. four years, fifty million dollars with uh, Wendell. If he goes up another level, then it's an absolute steal. But Today's NBA, you don't like need a dominant center no. to like be a really good team. Like you need dominant wings and and guard play, which the Magic have the potential to have. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see there, but um, yeah, those guys have really been big shining positives for the Magic. Um, if Jalen can turn things around offensively when he comes back, you can add him to the mix, and then you know we'll just kind of wait to see how Markell and, and Jonathan Isaac look. What did you take of, um, and we'll kind of wrap up with this, what did you take of uh, Michael Carter-Williams' uh, comment on the Magic's Instagram post about Markel looking different I don't, right now? I, don't, I mean, I don't know what that means. I, yeah. I don't, it's vague, right? It's MCW seems to be like one of the people releasing Magic like teasers now. Right, yeah. And it's kind of like, are you just saying that? Like, are you saying that just because he's back and, like, he still looks good and you're relieved he doesn't look terrible? Or right. or are you saying that because he actually has taken a leap and, like, he's just – he's making contested threes and he's just – he's, dun- do he, he's dunking all over everybody and throwing do lobs to, to everybody. Uh, he's already got chemistry. He's just that good. I don't, I don't know what he meant. I got Jonathan about to pass out over here. By the way, well, that's more so from sleep deprivation and it just being very late. Well, I think more so. I think it has a lot to do with me saying Markel making contested threes. Um, so, I I would be lying if I didn't say that that thought didn't cross my mind. Like if Markel comes back and over like the course of the first ten games, he's shooting like thirty five percent on two attempts per game. That's all you've been asking for. So imagine he's shooting I, like I will be I will be un. <laughs> Ruly, like I, I will just be, yeah, just yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be ridiculous, like, yeah. 
I'll be in I'll be in hog heaven. If you're telling me we're gonna have uh Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz as a potential, you know, backcourt of the future and you know, Cole able to go get you thirty points on any given night and Markel with his size, athleticism, playmaking ability and becomes a reliable three point shooter. <laughs> it's it's what we've been talking about since February of twenty nineteen. He would just change the outlook of this franchise. If you tell me we're getting Washington Markel Fultz, everything changes. Yeah. So if that doesn't happen, then you know I have Michael Carter Williams to thank for getting my hopes up and then crushing that. That's but that is that's that that is a reality, a very could... likely scenario. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. All right, Luke. Um, sorry guys for kind of a, a depressing episode. Um, I mean I don't know what you want from us in the middle of a five game losing streak and you know going four and zero on you know the week since the last. By episode. the way pair that with you know exhaustion but you know it is what it is i'm just gonna throw this out there michael carter williams you have an open invitation to come on the show and let us know exactly what you meant by markel oh, looking yeah. different feel free well i hit him with the with the drewski video the uh what, 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 what do you, do you mean, mean by, by that, that? Mm-hmm. like right which didn't i don't feel like that got enough love like sometimes you know you put out tweets and you're like oh this is gonna be a banger and sometimes it isn't sometimes you get three likes and you're like what's the matter with you guys right like, why you know I feel like that tweet didn't get uh, nearly, you know, the the respect that it did. But you know, they can't all be hits. That's that's my philosophy. You know, sometimes people enjoy the joke, sometimes they don't. So it's true. But anyway, MCW, come on the show. Yeah, that'd be dope. All right, guys. Well, anyways, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.